This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. It's an interesting night in local baseball. Gordon and I will talk about that, plus some other things going on in the world of sport. So hold on. It's ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join our conversation this evening. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Jay Peasy and Brian DeBrain. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, are you holding on to this Yankee game? Yeah, I mean, what a weird game <laughs> this has been tonight. What a strange night of baseball. And they always say, like, you can watch a baseball game and see something you've never seen before. But between the the play with Nestor on the mound, getting hit in the head, trying to catch the ball, the technical issues before the game, the whole thing with the pitching change, very, very odd. Odd game. So when does so what happens when an umpire doesn't know the rules? Who do they I, call? Well, it would be one thing if one umpire didn't know the rules. Larry, none of them knew the rules. They got together for five minutes and didn't know the rules. And Aaron Boone, look, I, I like the fact that my manager knows the rule book better than the umpires. It's mm-hmm. not great for the. It's not a great look for the umpires. <laughs> it's not. No. It's not. But in hindsight, Gordon, you should have left Castro out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, look, it, it wasn't like uh, Litke got knocked around. The one no, ball no, no, went no, no. right past uh, LeMayhew. Uh, Le the other yeah. one was just, Luke. you know, fisted. And, and Litke was on the mound kind of laughing to himself like, are you serious? This is what we're doing mm-hmm. here? But, um, yeah, very strange night in the Bronx. How about Litke with the uh, nasty Nestor mustache? <laughs> well, look, it's working for Nasty Nestor, although I, I don't know, maybe it made him uh, uh, incapable of catching that ball. And then, you know, I guess you've seen that before. Usually it's mm-hmm. the catcher just overthrows the pitcher. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've necessarily seen the pitcher be unable to catch the ball and then it hits him in the head and rolls away. And then it seemed like, I don't know, we'll see, we'll find out in the post game, but it seemed like that Cortez kind of got thrown by that because he, he mm. didn't seem as sharp. He had the four-pitch four, four pitch walk after that. He didn't last very – I think he lasted two more batters after that, so very yeah. weird. So one thing that was pretty weird, Gordon, uh, for me at least, is something that Aaron Boone said before the game. I think I know what it was because it was weird to me as well. I thought it was one of those Onion articles, you know, like it was yeah. one of those – parody accounts that pops up that there's one on twitter that i have blocked because every once in a while i'll <laughs> so see good. it and i'll be like wait a second is that real no that's not real of course that's not real but it looks real so i think i know what you're talking about yeah i know you know what i'm talking about all the yankee fans know what i'm talking about Aaron Boone, what do you mean that clay holmes is not going to be the closer when the chapman comes back are you kidding me right now i don't get it I don't understand. Maybe it's one of those things you say at the time to make it seem like he's going to get his job back when he's really not going to get his job back because Clay Holmes will still get the opportunity to close games. Uh, But yeah, that's a very puzzle. A lot. Everything that Aaron Boone has touched so far this year has worked out. Yes. That is a bit, that would be a very strange with as good as Clay Holmes has been. I mean, can you be more? And I don't want to jinx it here because the game is not decided. But right. up until this point, he has he's been everything that you could ask for. That's a good. That's a nice way to say that, Gordon. Good job out of you. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been everything that you could ask for out of a closer. And on most nights, it's been it's been fairly painless, as you said last mm-hmm. night. The Advil sales uh, of Yankee fans is not uh, quite as uh, strong as it has been in the past when. When Araldus Chapman's been out there, so 
maybe it's the type of thing that will kind of work itself out and, and maybe it won't be a strict thing where the closer is one specific guy. But over time, I mean, as good as Clay Holmes has been, it would be unfair to Clay Holmes. Absolutely. And see, that's where I'm coming from. I understand the age-old adage, you can't lose your job to a, to an injury. It's not fair. I get it. I understand it. But when, when a guy has been as successful as this replacement has been, I mean, he deserves to have he deserves to have that shot. Now, here here is the caveat, Gordon. Does it mean that he will get the call first, and then is there a scenario where you would have to bring in a Chapman, like lefty on lefty? Is that a scenario? Is it? Well, you know what? We're just going to use him. Hey, if we got the bases loaded in the seventh inning, I need my closer. I'm bringing him in then. I mean, it, it, are, are we are we dispersing with the Here's my seventh inning guy. Here's my eighth inning guy. My setup guy. Here's my closer. Is that what he's doing? Maybe. Or maybe it's the fact that Chapman in his career has not really shown the ability to not pitch in save situations uh, and has not done necessarily a good job in, you know, tie game situations, that type of stuff. So uh, if you're bringing him in in a role that he's not a cut, he's not a guy that adjusts well. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's like a he's like a bully, right? Like when everything's working, mm. he's 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 unhittable. Staring, he's right? Standing, staring at you. But when we, we've seen at times where things are not all clicking and and all the cylinders are not firing, that it's very very difficult. So maybe it's about knowing the the strength of Chapman. That while Clay Holmes is a better closer, and the Yankees close it out, they do get the win tonight, four three. So Clay Holmes is still not allowed to run since opening day. Uh, maybe he just knows that if I put Chapman in in the seventh inning, he's not going to be effective there. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. I know if I move Clay Holmes to the seventh inning, he will be effective pretty much anywhere. And if Chapman continues to struggle in the closers role like he has at times this year or injuries pop up again, which would not be that much of a surprise, mm-hmm. it kind of solves itself. I, I don't know. Uh, it's not a decision that I would be in favor of, though. Bases loaded. Top of the ninth. Nobody out. ALCS Game 7. Oh, I mean, is, is it even a, a debate? <laughs> I mean, A, you have one guy who has not given up a run since since opening day. The other guy, I've seen him melt down in the postseason more times than I can count. With the Yankees, with the Cubs. I mean, he, he's done it a lot. He's, he's, not, he, he's not exactly Mr. Lockdown. But who does Boone want? Who does Boone come into in that scenario, Gordon? I know I who mean, you want. I get yeah, it. Yeah, well... <sighs> I can't imagine that Aaron Boone wants the higher stress guy, right? I mean, like Aaron Boone, you know, he, he's already had procedure done on his heart once. He doesn't need any more stress. And the Yankee managerial job, even though not really so far this year because it's been so good, I'm sure it comes with enough stress on its own. Why would you, why would you want more stress? Of no question about that. Chapman being closing games again. You are right about that. But anyway, we'll worry about that another day. Yankees continue the roll, Gordon. Just keep piling up the wins. Just keep stacking them up, stacking them up. Uh, like you said, the weird game tonight with all the different things in there. But <laughs> here was the consistent things that always happen. Judge had a home run. Higgy had the three-run home run. And Aaron Hicks got booed because he struck out. <laughs> so <laughs> some things don't change. It's the way it is. Yeah, Yankees are now 30 games over 500.
It's amazing. It's June fifteenth. It is literally mid June, and the Yankees are thirty games over five hundred. And Clay Holmes now has twenty eight straight scoreless appearances, and that is tied for the Yankees' longest streak, along with a guy by the name of Mariana Rivera. Oh boy, who, who was who was halfway decent? Um. So, Gordon, is Clay Holmes now top 10 all-time of Yankee relievers? <laughs> well, look, if you never give up a run, I mean, as great as Mariano was, he would have those stretches in April or May where, you know, like or, five or games. Or against Boston. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he'd have some <laughs> some some rough outings and people, oh, oh my Aaron Mariano. I mean, Mariano's greatest strength was that Joe Torre was never able to burn that guy out. Yeah, really? (laughs) I mean, that was was pretty impressive. Not that he didn't try. No, not that. Why wouldn't you, right? I mean, uh, it was not great news for everybody else. You know, the Scott Proctors of the world, the Tanyan Sturtzes of the world. But um, Scott Proctor set a fire on the mound. Tell him to talk. (laughs) I'll burn this place down if he calls me tomorrow. I'll burn it down. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, look, I mean, if you don't ever give up any runs, I mean, his ERA was was point three zero yesterday. Oh. I guess it went down tonight. Another couple of how could it be point crashes. anything? It's zero. It should be zero. He hasn't given up a run. How's it point anything? Well, he gave up a run on opening day. That was okay. it. The one run he gave up on opening day. And since the, you know now we're at June and he's he's not giving up another one. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Meanwhile, at City Field. Not the night you want. There's there's one there's Gordon every every once in a while there's a game that your team plays and you're like you know what it's just one of those games and they just shake your head and move on and tonight yeah. was one of those games for the Mets. I mean they just couldn't get and remember we talked about Peterson last night about his inability to give you length mm-hmm. and once again got to the fifth inning had to go and and the, the curious uh, bullpen move for Buck. Uh, bringing in a you know a side armor who just couldn't get he just couldn't find the location, and the Brewers just kept hitting and kept hitting and kept hitting, and so it is uh you know ten two uh, as the uh, Brewers battle bat in the top of the ninth. One of those nights for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, look, these things happen. Uh, they happen to everybody. Uh, they've not happened recently, really, to either team. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a baseball season, and the Brewers are a good team. You know, it's not like you're. It's not like you're facing the, the Nationals and this happened or the Diamondbacks and this happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Brewers are a good team. So you had that, that one inning where it just didn't seem like you could get them out. And uh, tomorrow you try and come back and win the series. That would be the fifth inning when they scored seven runs. Right. And they that just kept it. scoring yep. and scoring. And you're looking at your watch and like, my God, they're still at bat? <laughs> you got turned away to the Yankees and came back. What, they're still hitting? So, you know, we'll see what happens as uh, they move. And, and, hey, Gordon, listen. Uh I know it's unlikely. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this Met team has come back from a lot before. Oh, so hey, we'll, look. You know, we'll, we'll hang in there. But this, right. is, this is just one of those nights where you say, okay, you know, so on and so forth. You, yeah. you, you, can, you, you can deal with this one, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not the worst. Uh, uh, just a couple of the Yankee stats that I saw. Yeah, the Yankees sure. are now 37-0 when leading after seven innings. <laughs> um, and what was the other one I saw? I think this is like their longest home winning streak in 50 years. Wow. Because they've now won 13 straight in the Bronx. Oh. I mean, that's and you know, for crazy. a while, for a while, Tampa thought they were at home in the Bronx. Yeah, right. The Yankees have had their their issues with um, with uh, Tampa over the last few years. Cole has had his problems with the mm-hmm. the Rays, and the, the Rays are a pesky, feisty team. But I think all the injuries 
yeah. have started to rear yeah. its head. You know, they're, they're still good. Uh, I, I think that there will still be a playoff team, but just all the injuries they have to the rotation, their defense has not been as good, and they just can't score any runs. So we'll take it. Oh, yeah. There's no question. You definitely will take it. You definitely will. Uh, Jeff McNeil was on the Michael K show earlier today. I heard that. And uh, he had some interesting things to say, so we'll share that with you when we return. A little later in the show, we'll talk some football. Gordon, we, did get a chance, we didn't get a chance last night to discuss uh, Deshaun Watson spoke to the media after uh, the article in the New York Times, so we'll quickly review that. And, of course, Makai Becton spoke to the media today about his situation, so we have a lot to do. And we'll throw in a little basketball as well because, Gordon, I keep seeing these Nick – it must be in their draft time because <laughs> everybody's trying to make a move for the Knicks. And some of the moves are like, excuse me, we'll run, we'll run past some of them to you. See what you think. Yeah, I feel yeah, back to my you know, kind of normal self, you know, feel you know, exactly like I did first, you know, three years in the big leagues. So, uh, you know, I'm swinging about well, you know, 2021 was not who I was as a player, you know, just didn't feel right. Swing didn't feel good, you know, nothing you know, really going my way. But, you know, back to, you know, what I have done in previous years, feeling good at the plate, you know, swinging about well and, you know, this team's winning, which is, uh, you know, most important. Gordon, that was Jeff McNeil from the match was on the Michael K show earlier today talking about how he's back to his 2019 self. He has a solo home run tonight, couple of runs scored, uh hitting 324 before his last uh, strikeout here in the bottom of the night. So, Gordon, this is the this is the Jeff McNeil that we saw a couple of years ago that we thought that was you know t- challenging for a batting title that we wondered why did he become such a home run power hitter? Well, now he's back to the average and it's great. Yeah, and that's kind of, I don't know that he's necessarily the guy, but he is kind of the approach that I think that has been successful for the Mets this year. They're not the the team that's going to outslug you. Uh, It's pretty much, you know, some guys have some power, but it's pretty much Alonzo's their big power threat, and then they have a bunch of guys who can uh, put the bat on the ball, and I think McNeil kind of, uh, typifies that approach, right? I mean, he's he's a guy that he has some power, can hit some home runs, but that's not really the strength of his game. And uh, it's good to see him get back to because he's a very versatile versatile piece for the Mets. And last year, you, you had to wonder if he was going to get another season with the Mets. After the way last season went, I, I thought there was a good possibility they might have moved on. Good call that they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And there was there was some there was some doubt, Gordon. I mean, his mm-hmm. name was was. His name was in some trade rumors, so there's right. no question. And you know what they say, where there's smoke, there's fire, where there's trades are concerned. So there was a possibility that the Mets were thinking about moving on. Uh, the guys spoke to McNeil today, said seemed like the team really likes each other. So, Jeff, is that true? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, everyone you know gets along with everyone here. You know, it's been a lot of fun um, in the soccer room. You know, we're all having a uh, good time. You know, all the, the new guys that we brought in, you know, fit in just perfect. So uh, it's been a very enjoyable year. You know, and it always helps when, when you're winning as well. So love coming to the ballpark every day. I think everyone does. And we're all looking forward to a huge, you know, rest of the year. No no two infielders chasing a, a fictitious animal down the no. runway this It's year. amazing what winning will do, right? Everybody likes each other a whole lot better when they're winning. There's no question about it. And one of the reasons is Buck Showalter. So, Jeff, how is Buck out? 
the little things, you know, every single day we have a hitters meeting and we kind of talk about stuff that happened the game before, good, bad, things we can work on. Um, you know, we just have a little, you know, pulls up videos from games that we've had and, you know, other games as well from other teams. So, uh, you know, how we can, you know, learn from people's mistakes and continue to do the right things as well. You know, we're showing videos uh, of people backing up bases, saving runs, saying, you know, this is huge, you know, keep that up. So, uh, you know, we're always learning and he's pointing out, you know, everything, you know, where they're doing right and then, you know, the we can you know learn as well jeff no degrom no scherzer team's still playing well how it's definitely top losing Jake and Max. And yeah, I know when they went down, you know, Jake first in spring training, you know, that was tough. But, you know, we did a pretty good job building some good starting pitching depth. So, uh, you know, those guys, Miguel's filled in tremendously. You know, it's been fun to watch him pitch. You know, you know, he was battling a little injury, but, you know, we have him back. And, you know, David Peterson doing what he's doing and Trevor Williams, you know, it's been fun. And, you know, just to do what we've been doing without, you know, our two best pitchers, you know, it's just uh, going to be an extremely, you know, exciting time once they come back. And I think it's going to be a fun second half of the season you know when we're fully healthy yeah it is going to be interesting to see just how much better this team can be Gordon but for right now he's right you look at your your walkers your McGill's your Peterson you know and even though he's been a little inconsistent of late uh, you know of all the guys that have filled in as starters and the, and the bullpen that has pitched pretty good as well uh, has got them really leading the NL East and, and playing very very well yeah, it's been a. I mean, it really has been up until this point a magical season, right? It feels yep. like uh, this is a different type of team. It's a far more talented team than you saw last year. They went out and spent a bunch of money, and you have, you know, that money has bore fruit. Now Scherzer's obviously hurt, but before he got hurt, he was pitching very, very well atop the rotation, and the other guys have uh, certainly chipped in as well. You know, be it Marte, be it um, uh, Escobar. I mean, all the guys have kind of chipped in that you, you went out and got this past year. Kana has been a, a good player as well. So, um, no, I mean, things have, have worked out well. Uh, now you just have to hope that, you know, these guys get back in Scherzer and DeGrom. And that's – I think that's really where the season kind of lies. I think we know that the Mets were a good team. I think we know the Mets are a playoff team. Uh, and now it's just if they have those two guys atop the rotation like the dream was, that takes them to a different level. Mm-hmm. If they don't have does. one of those guys, well, then that, you know, if they don't have either of them, then then it might not be a very long stay in the playoffs. But if they can get one of them, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd rather <laughs> uh, want them both. Go, I want them both. Right. That was <laughs> the, that's the way you drew it up. And you have to hope that you're going to get both of them back. It looks like they're both going to be back here soon. Mm-hmm. You know, July 4th is not that far off. It really isn't. A couple of weeks. Yeah. We might, be, we might have some really fireworks at City Field. We might have something to celebrate. Exactly. And, you know, get those guys back. But once again, Gordon, you know me. I'm in no rush. If they no, come no. Back, right. It, well, if they come let back me ask you this. August, ha- August ha- 4th, I'm good. Have <laughs> you, have the, have your, has your timetable moved up any based on how the Braves have been playing? No, Mm-mm. not at all. No, because I know they're now they're not what stay five that back. Way. Yeah, I know they're not going to stay that way. I know they're not going to stay this high. I know they won't. They're like the Clay Holmes of uh, of teams. Yeah, they, they, they have been just, right. They can't. They can't lose. It's amazing. I know. It, it, it is crazy. They've thirteen consecutive wins. And I thought that you know I think everybody thought that they were better than what they were playing. Yes. I don't know that anybody thought that they were gonna all of a sudden just catch fire and and, and become you know I mean they're closing in on being part of that conversation of teams that you think can you know I think there's a little bit of a separation of teams right the mm-hmm. four I mentioned yeah. the other night yeah 
you know, the Braves keep winning like this, you're going to have to eventually kind of put them in that conversation. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, I mean d- defending World Series champions, right? I mean, yeah, has to, absolutely. Has to play a and, part. and remember, Gordon, as a Met fan, you always look in your rearview mirror at them. No matter where you are, you always look and see what are the Braves doing? Where are they? Because you know that they've always been a thorn in your side at some point in time. Mm-hmm. They just have. And you know, even when you're out to the big lead, even as well as the team was constructed, it was. We're a playoff team. Can we win the division? Uh, well, there's always Atlanta. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I don't think – because I know they're not going to continue to play like this, uh, and it's so early, we're in June, I'm, it, the timetable has not moved up for me. Now, this Let me was ask you September, this. The fact that the Braves are different. playing like this – at what point do you get a bit concerned? How how close is too close? Two games back? Three games back? It depends on how my team is playing. More so them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. That makes sense. If, if my team is play, if my team is still winning, if if my team is still winning series, I'm okay <laughs> because I still believe that Atlanta's going to slow down eventually. They cannot continue to win these they games. Will lose, because they will lose some games. Everybody loses absolutely. some games, right? And they got to go out west. Yeah, I mean, they get to go for the Dodgers and San Diego and the Giants. They get to go out there. You know, right now they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're playing the Nationals. You beat up on the Nationals. You're playing, you know, Philly, Miami, even though Philly has, you know, gotten on the, has won eight out of their last ten. Mm-hmm. But before then, before they got hot, you, before Girardi got fired, you're playing them, then, you you know, you beat them. So they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're, they've got the Nationals. You continue to beat up on the Nationals. That's what you do. And so for me, as long as my guys are winning series, I'm okay. If we go through a prolonged losing streak – and they would continue to win, I might become a little uneasy then because I'm saying, okay, now we're playing at the, now we're coming down to earth as well. So that would make me a little more nervous. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. See, I'm a weird fan. I'm, 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 I'm a no, weird I, fan. No, I get, I completely get where you're coming from. <laughs> you know, you, usually you and I see pretty much eye to eye. I completely like when everybody else was, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and waving the pom poms and. Uh, at the beginning of the season, you were the voice of reason, and that's I feel like that's the way that I generally am. When mm-hmm. when people are like, "Oh, this team can't be beat. This is this is different this time." Just or, relax. Or when people are talking about you know the the guy that shall not be named, he's coming back. He's mm-hmm. going to do this. He's going to do that. Mm-hmm. I would have the exact same viewpoint as you. Yeah. Tell me when he's get when he gets here, and let yeah. me see him actually do it, and then I might believe it. And, and in his case, not only let me see him what he's doing, let me see <laughs> how he day. feels after he did it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then let me see him do it again. And let me see what happens after he did it the second time. Then I might be able to, you know, sit down in my rocking chair and say, okay, he's back. But I, I, I'm just, Gordon, I've been burned too much. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You I, can't get me. You can't fool me <laughs> all the time. You can't do it. You've loved and lost too many times, Larry. I understand. I've been burned. I I hear you. You've got the I've scars. I've been broken. Yes. <laughs> so what I'm, I'm going to throw just a couple of these Nick trades that I've seen in a second. Okay. But I want you to just I, I want you to just 
I want to prepare you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I want want you to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always. All right. So here's one that I saw. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh. Miles Brogdon. Okay. From Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um. And. Also, Miles Turner from Indiana. Okay. So that that's and there's no trade with that, but that's just two players they were talking about. Okay, that's been rumored. I like that one. If we can get those two guys and not give up anything, I'd be in favor of that. You know, just those. So those two guys (laughs) are they are are either of them free agents, or you'd have to trade for them? Um, I think. No, I know. I think you'd have to trade for them because okay. I think Turner, they were trying to get him at the trade deadline this year. Miles yeah, I mean, Turner, but he Brogdon's was a guy that I, I, I kind of like. Yeah. Um, you know, that would, that would be a, that would be the a solution. The only concern about him is his health. Yeah, he's, he's, not, a, he's, not, the, he's not exactly an Iron Man. You know, that's, that's, that's the only concern I have with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is a – where is it? When I had one that I was laughing about. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, hypothetically, okay. if if indeed now this is all predicated on Dallas not being able to sign Brunson, okay, but willing to do a sign and trade. In other words, we can't sign him, but we'll do a sign and trade so he doesn't just walk out the door. We get nothing. Get nothing, right? Okay. Knicks receive. This is mm-hmm. with Dallas. Okay. Jalen Brunson, sign and trade for his new $28 million per year contract. Okay. Maxi Kleber, an expiring contract. And Davis Bertans. Okay. In exchange for. Oh, boy. Here we go. Emmanuel Quickly. All right. Mitchell Robinson, sign and trade with his new $15 million. So they would sign Mitchell Robinson. Okay. Uh-huh. And Julius Randle. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The first two parts of it, I'm not – well, Mitchell Robinson, if the, if the Knicks are going to move on from him, I, I, I really don't want to give up quickly in the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, if you want to get rid of Randall, you're going to – that's the kind of deal – I, I don't see why Dallas would want Randall. See, that's, that, that's my issue. Yeah, I don't what know. What are they going to do? <laughs> but I'm not I'm – not, you know – I don't want to open up doors that uh, don't need to be opened. If if right. they if they want them, okay, fine. Um, I don't know that I would have necessarily that big of a problem with that. I don't know why they would want Randall, mainly because mm-hmm. if I can move Randall's money, mm-hmm. uh, I think that that might. I don't know what the other contract status is with the other guys, but right. That one does not. That one's not terrible to me. It's not terrible, but I just not don't terrible. see why. why yeah, Dallas I don't see why take... Dallas would want Rand- uh, Randall. Yeah. yeah, even though. Even though he's from Dallas, I don't see why yeah. they would want it. Right. Okay. Here's one more. That doesn't seem like a good fit with Luca. No, it doesn't. <laughs> They'll be fine. No, it's my turn to give. No, I <laughs> want to bring the ball up. No, I want to bring the ball up. Right. <laughs> uh, more and more, I've been hearing this D'Angelo Russell talk. Have you seen this? No, I have not. There's more and more about D'Angelo Russell possibly coming to the Knicks from Minnesota. There's more. I've been, I've been hearing this name. You know, just a little bit, a lot lately. A little, okay. bit, a little, a little bit. Lately. If the Knicks give up Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, 
if they um, maybe a second round pick. And if Minnesota would take Nerlens Noel's contract, they could probably get D'Angelo Russell and maybe a pick, maybe a draft choice. I feel like that's just kind of moving the chairs around. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, it gets you a point guard. He's not mm-hmm. that D'Angelo Russell's probably still only like twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty eight. He's not old. Nope. Uh, he's making a boatload of money. I know. Mm-hmm. Last year of his contract. Last year of his contract. So, so then you're gonna have to re up contract. with him. Mm-hmm. Expiring contract. I don't know if I'm crazy about that one either. I know. Not not nothing that n- nothing that you've said. Am I like? vehemently opposed to but there's not anything in that mix that I'm like that that that's a difference maker right that's a that's no, a game changer none of them are now feels listen, lateral moves very, very much he, here's what teases you about them they rid you of players that you're done with mentally yeah okay you're done with Fournier even though I, you know. I think Fournier in the right role would be fine He's a catch and shoot guy. Gordon. He's a catch and shoot guy, right? So you need a. You need to have a point guard, and b. You have to have it so that he's not trying to break people down in the lane. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's yep. where the problems come from. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's all sorts of rumors that the Knicks are going to make a trade and move up from 11 and draft this kid Ivy from Purdue. Who's yeah, the, I who's... saw that deal, and it was like Obi Toppin and this thing and that yeah. thing and and picks mm-hmm. and, uh, and yes. like. Exactly. He, look, whatever they do, they better be right. Better That's be what good. it really comes down to. Because this is the off season. You have they have to do something significant. Now, yeah. none of these moves have I heard that I say, "Wow, I really am in love with that." I'd love to. The kid Ivy looks, you know, from the highlights you see, mm-hmm. he looks amazing. He looks like a, a difference maker. So yeah. that one probably would be uh, higher up on my list. But then that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of sinks me in deeper with Julius Randle. Yeah, and. When you start to see Obi mentioned in trades, that, tells that means that they're not moving Julius. Right. That's my translation. Yeah. That Julius Randle is going to be back, and that they feel that with other people around him, they can that that they look at last year as the exception. An apparition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where we kind of look at the year before that way. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's what we've seen more of. Mm-hmm. It's been last year and year before and the two years before that. That's what we've seen. So, but but that's what it tells me. It tells me that he's he's going to be. They they feel that they can work with him uh, with this deal. And listen, once again, Gordon, if he's going to revert back to the way he was, everybody can have a bad year. I get it. But if he's going to, if he could revert back to a player, the player he was in the playoff year, that's oh, that's good. But he's got to be even better than that because of what happened in the postseason. Because he wasn't good enough. When you have to take that next step as a player, why are people killing Jason Tatum right now? They're killing him. Because he has it in the in the finals. He's not taking that next step. It's the little things good, missing free throws. Okay, if you're not scoring, I get it. All right? And, and in the first game, he didn't score, but he passed. He had 13 assists. Okay, so he was doing the little things. He was, okay, you don't let me score, okay? Here, let me do this. Let me look for my guy over here. Let me draw them to me and pass. So he was doing other things. But when when you get to the fourth quarter and it's winning time and your guy is not taking that next step, that's an issue. 
That's an issue. And Julius Randle, winning time, postseason, did not take that next step. So the question becomes, can he take that next step, right? And if he can't, who are you putting around him that can take that next step and hopefully bring him along because while you're while that person's getting all the focus and attention, he can hit some shots and do some scoring for you as well. How many years has Julius Randle played in the NBA? Like seven or eight, something like yep, that? that's right. Um, he's had one season that looked like two years ago. Yep. One. And now we are going to extrapolate. And now he's played with the Knicks three seasons. Only one of them looked like the, the year, the playoff year. Yes. The other two looked very similar. Yes. Um, I don't know why you would you would and and the rest of his career looks very similar to all the years that he has played in the league except for the one year that was like a magical year. That is the definition of an outlier season. So yeah. I don't know why you would be banking on that, but part of me is like, you know what, they're never gonna use Obi anyway. Might so maybe he should be the trade piece. Yeah. Because you really don't know what he when you don't know what he's gonna do. You don't know what he can be. You have no you have no you don't know. You have no clue. You have no clue what he can be. He's showing you flashes. Right. But you don't know. And I don't know how much playing time he gets this year. I, I don't I, I mean maybe a little bit more, but nothing I don't think is a game changer, right? I don't think it's consistent. I don't think you consistently can say. You can't say that here's what you can say about Obi Toppin. He'll 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 play at least ten minutes a game. Like he did last <laughs> right. He'll play was, at least that ten was the minutes. Eighth a game. Pick in the draft and we're playing him ten minutes a game in his third season. Exactly. He'll play at least 10 minutes a game. Oh, now, boy. if he does little things, if he plays well defensively, if he does this, he can earn some more minutes. He can, he can earn some more minutes. But once again, he plays the same position as the guy you just spent this money for. Which begs you the question, Gordon, why'd you draft him? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that, that is going to be a great mystery. If you knew, why would you draft a guy that plays the same position as the guy that you signed? <laughs> Tom, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, guys, what's up? Quick, quick question. Do you think um, Donovan Mitchell would be good here? Do you think, uh, do you think, the, do you think the Knicks would do anything to get him here? Tom, I think the Knicks would do whatever they can to try to get him here. Thanks for the phone call. The question, Gordon, is what will it take to get him here, and will there be any pieces left when he gets here? <laughs> and, and does he want to come here? I mean, mm-hmm. like, he's from here. I know that, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that the guy wants to play here. Uh, so uh, if the Knicks could wave a magic wand and put Donovan Mitchell on the team, I am in favor of that. I'm going to go out on a limb, Larry, and say I am in favor of Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks. But I think the first step has to be, does he want out of there? And then the second step, or 1B, has to be, I want out, but I also only want to go home. Mm-hmm. And until those two things happen, I don't think it's very realistic. Plus, the other problem is I think other teams could get could give more than you could oh, give absolutely. for his services. Yep, absolutely. So that hurts you as well. That's the other thing that hurts you. Sean's in Brooklyn. What's up, Sean? That Donovan Mitchell trade idea is a horrible idea. Can you please throw that away? We're going to dismantle everything we've been building up to for what? No. I think the right answer is somebody that we would have broke the bank two years ago to get, and we were actually able to get him now for fairly cheap considering. I think for Derrick Rose – Burks, Noel, Kemba, a pick or two, we could get Russell Westbrook. Oh, we God. Lose no- oh, God. Yeah. Listen, listen, yeah. Slow down. Yeah. 
Tearing things down. That's tearing things down. How is it tearing? From what players did I mention is going to be here the year after? Who's going to get their hands on the ball with him? What happened? Who's going to get their hands on the ball? The guys that are still on the team. Who's going to get their hands on the ball with him? You're talking about Mr. Triple Double? Who's going to get their hands on the ball? You're talking about the guy who makes his name for setting people up? Oh, yeah. He makes so many other people better around him. Yep. He definitely made Paul George better around him. He definitely Sean, had Bradley Bills this year. Here's the issue, Sean. Here's the problem. That's several There's years no ago. There's no problem. And all that is, problem that's is the issue. Several years ago, that's who he was. He's not that same player, Sean. Because he, he played one year with LeBron he's Ball. Not a with LeBron. He's he not wasn't, the face he's of his not, old team. He's not a scorer anymore. He can't shoot. What did he do Sean? the year before? But, Sean, did he shoot last year? Was he when, ever a shooter? When LeBron, was he ever a shooter? He, he was, was better than this. A shooter. He was now better than this. To be a shooter because he played LeBron style ball. It don't even make sense. It don't even make sense. Sean, you're telling me that as a Nick. As, all right, talk to me this way, Sean. I'm supposed to yeah. pay this man forty four million dollars to come for here and play. For one year, which is the money that you for were one year, players who forty four. Forty. What am I getting for forty four million, Sean? What am I getting? Why? Yeah. I can yeah. answer why. Go ahead. Why? Because Why, what am I getting for forty-four million? Pay, I, I was getting ready to answer it because you paid that last year and players who didn't even really play. Derrick Rose is not here for the future. Noel's not here for the future. Kemba's a bust. You throwing Burks in there because they actually need shooters. Derrick Rose is better than Westbrook when healthy. And none of them cost me. And, and combined, they didn't cost me forty-four million dollars. Combined, we're talking about one year. Either way, that forty-four mil is off the books next year. Either way. All right. So that's the selling point? I get a guy that I get for one year and then I get rid of his money? Because you try to make the numbers seem bad, the selling point is either way, you're going to be at the same spot, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Yeah, I don't want to be in the same spot. I want to be in a better spot. But you have no better spots. That's why I started off with the Donovan Mitchell trade. It's horrible because there's no right. way to a make a guy who's 26 and is in the, in, the, in the middle of his prime as opposed to a 34-year-old who's making $40 million. Once again, how many pieces are we going to have to give up to get him? And why, why do you think that, that is, Sean? Sean, why do you think that is, that you don't have to give up anything to get him? Just now, you can't get, a rid, get rid of 20 and 10 for 10 and 5. You can't get rid of 40, 50 points of production for 20 points. Who's giving, me 40, who's giving me 40 points? You can't give up 40 points of production for 20 points. If, he, if, 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 to, if Russell Westbrook is up, such this, this amazing piece. Why do you have to give up to well, get? Why is it that the Knicks are the only team getting mentioned for trading for him? Because it's not going to cost us anything to do that. You got to. Right. You well, gotta why do you think that Westbrook. is, Sean? Why, why do you, why, let's put this together here. Why do you think that other teams aren't lining up to get this? This depressed asset that's know, amazing and has, oh, it's just one year, year and he's unbelievable. Because you have one bad year with the Lakers, right? Trust so me, that, that's you think you think all those you think all the other teams in the NBA are turned off by that one bad year with the Lakers. If he stayed because of the one bad year with the Lakers, is that not right. true? Thirty-four years old, forty million dollars. 
No, wait, else doesn't is, is that not true, though? Is that not his, true, though? His, his, numbers, one... his numbers have declined, Sean, over the past couple seasons. Steven he Taylor had a said couple trade of years and... where he was outstanding. You're right. Mr. Triple-Double, he yeah. was oh. great. But he is not the same player. Yep. He's not the same player now. And if you're blaming LeBron, when LeBron was hurt, he didn't do anything differently. He didn't, he, he didn't put that team on his back and will them. LeBron was out a while. He's not the same guy. He just isn't. And I'm not trying to, just me, Gordon, I'm not trying to get a guy for an expiring contract. I'm trying to build something. Right. Uh, that's kind of the point. It's to build something, not to not just to say, hey, well, maybe we can get one good last year out of Russell Westbrook at 34 years old, and that will make us feel a little bit better. But then at the, at the end of the day, w- w- you just wasted a year. Again. Again. You know, so listen, I, not look. But he's going to be better at 34 than he was at 33. He's going to be better at 34 than he was at 32. You know, I'm, I mean, there's a reason why – there's not exactly. many teams lining up. Yeah, it is, and and he's just he's just not the same player. It happens. Yeah, it happens, especially when you're 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 a player that is primarily based on athleticism, right? I yeah. mean, he's a, he's an he's a, a freak athletically. Plays hard. Plays hard. Flies absolutely. up and down the court. You yeah. know, and he's right, Mister Triple Double. He was people people were talking about Oscar Robertson again mm. for a couple of years because of the way he played. He's just not that guy now. He just isn't. It happens. So for him. And if I'm him, Gordon, why would I want to come to oh, the Knicks? Oh, God. I want to go <laughs> somewhere is, where I got a chance to win a song. ring. Right. I don't want to come here. Why would I want to come here? They're, they're, they're not near winning. They're trying, to get, they're trying to get on the path to try to win. They're not, they're not there. They're not even close to there yet. Charlie's in Elmhurst. What's up, Charlie? You're next on 98.7. Charlie? I think we frightened Charlie away. Hi, right, Charlie. Call us so back. It's, oh, there he is. It's been a while. Hey, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah we, we hear you now. Charlie. Hey, it's been a while. It's been a while, guys. Good good to talk to you guys. It's been a while. I've been busy on everything. So, yeah, and while it's been busy, hey, the Yanks been, like, you know, cruising along. Like, this year, like, something's up with this team. Like, in the past couple of Yankee seasons, like, it's different, and, like, and this team, you know, like, so far, I think this is a good test how this team, before that, it was, like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, garbage team, like, Cubs, Tigers, Angels, and now, now they're in the varsity point of schedule where, hey, I know Tampa Bay, I mean, they got some injuries and everything, but, hey, can't be sorry with that. Got to play with much in front of the schedule, and this team is finding like variety with win ball games, not just hitting home run, not being one dimensional, and and that's why on a come trade deadline, whether you add a one piece on the bullpen and get a get an outfield, because one like negative on this team is that Gallo, who I think he's going to be a DFA candidate by I don't know end of this month or. Middle of July before the trade deadline, and I can't stand Hicks watching it, like killing, killing, like opportunities. Like, hey, they took advantage of the error, and he got Shoka, picked them up. So something's going to happen with this team in the Bronx. I agree with you, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. And, and and Gordon, we've talked about this. 
I think that if Hicks is not, I don't know what they could get for him, but I think they, they might be interested. If he can't, one of the two of them, Hicks and Gallo, and Hick, and Gallo's been better of the past week or two. Uh, if if their hitting doesn't come around, one of the two of them are going to be involved in the trade. You can't keep both of them on your roster no, you struggling the way so. they are. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for areas to improve, I mean, they've been amazing. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's not just about the regular season. You're looking to – to add pieces, it doesn't really seem like, hey, look, the Yankees always add a bullpen arm here or there, so that wouldn't be surprising. I mentioned the thing about the starting pitching, how everybody is, has been healthy up until this point, so maybe that's an area. It, there's not really that many areas that you say, wow, we really got to do something there because they've been winning every basically every day. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's two glaring guys who you'd like to be able to get at least one of those spots that's actually productive. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, Richardson, Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Larry. Hi, Gordon. You know, I'd rather have Chris Paul than Russell Westbrook, you know, if the money was right. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah, feeling. It's funny. I didn't uh, want Chris Paul a couple of years ago. How wrong was I? Right, yeah. He's no, still you, playing you good. and I both, Larry. I, He's I still playing he was, good, boy. I thought he was yeah, Absolutely. I thought he was Still done. playing good, still producing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. fellas, if they had one manager of the year award this year, who would you give it to? Buck or Aaron? I'm biased, but I would say, you know, Aaron Boone – what the Yankees are doing is, is historic. I mean, other teams are having good years, um, but I don't think anybody thought the Yankees were going to have this game. Fellas, this guy Banchero, if he goes number three, can that be like a Michael Jordan type of thing? How can this guy – this guy, to me, is a number one pick. I, I, th- I just think he's money in the bank. And, you know, Duke will have four guys. They're projecting four guys in the first round. Mm-hmm. North Carolina didn't have one projected first round, yet they beat him twice. That's amazing. Maybe Shashevsky was pushed out instead of voluntarily leaving. <laughs> really? Four first-round picks projected? Yeah. And you couldn't talent, man. No question. Well, he knows how to recruit. But, but, right. but, and here's the thing, Richard, and thanks for the phone call. Right. Listen, here's the thing. I mean, Duke recruits itself. <laughs> He's had to work hard. It's Duke. You know, it's Duke. Uh, they've got they, – look, they have great players. Um, there's no question about that. So, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not ready to say – when we start putting people's name next to Jordan, Gordon, oh, I, get I, mean, little, I, mean, know, <laughs> I get a little – I think it's safe to say Ben Sherrill can have an unbelievable career. I feel confident in saying that he will not be Michael Jordan. You know, that's I'm really I'm, going out on limbs tonight. I yes, I want I Donovan Mitchell. He's not going to be Michael Jordan. <laughs> Crazy. And I'm biased too, Gordon. I would like Buck for manager of the year, obviously. Yeah. I see that. Because of changing the culture of what this team's doing. And and just bringing some stability to an organization. It, it was great. It's been great. It's ESPN New York tonight. 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Get back to the phones. Bunch of you want to chat. Let's go with Darren in the story. What's up, Darren? You're next on 987. How you doing, Larry? Good. How are you and Gordon doing? Darren, what's going on, man? Hanging in there, hanging in there. So I want to say with regards to the caller that spoke about Russell Westbrook and Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, um, he could ask Don, he could ask Russell, does he think that Donovan Mitchell will be a better fit in New York? Um, Donovan Mitchell cooked Russell Westbrook. Age, whatever you want to call it, it's not about the age thing. He cooked him in playoffs. He's proven. Donovan Mitchell is from the sector. It's a good thing. If you know about basketball players, he has the right engine. 
a lot of our successful successful players, the Charles Spiro, people that had troubled backgrounds, but they had drive. When they come here, they kind of like, this is a kid that's from the sector and that can do the job. I'd rather be entertained and have the chance for winning than to be in a space where you're looking at somebody that knows and we all know can't hold up to carry on or, or take the torch forward for the Knicks tradition. So that player has to be a, a, a very a engine has to be powerful and they can, they can put it out there and score and defend and have the spirit of going forward. And Russell Westbrook's time is done with that. Well, I hear what you're saying, Darren. Here's the only concern I have, and thanks for the phone call and your thoughts. Here's the only concern I have about Donovan Mitchell, okay? The Knicks don't have enough to bring him here. If the Knicks brought him here, there'd be nothing left for him to join him to play. And now you're doing the same thing all over again. You're in that You're in that circle. So uh, as much as you would love to have a Donovan Mitchell because of his talent and what you see, um, you can't deny that there's something going on in Utah with him and and the issues and the whispers that you hear, Gordon, about him not passing the ball and Rudy Gobert and all this other stuff. That's one side of it. But for me, the biggest part of it is he's going to be here alone. I don't have enough to bring him here to to build something with him. I don't. And for Russell Westbrook, he's not helping me build anything either. He's a transitional piece. I get to watch him for a year, okay, for a year. And then, because what am I going to do? I'm going to pay him more money after next year? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Well, I'm look, not doing may, that. I, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you bring in Westbrook. You see what Melo's doing. Uh, you could bring him back for a retirement tour. Maybe we can get uh, Jamal Crawford out of retirement. And uh, we'll just go all vets, you know, all o- the over-the-hill gang. And, uh, you know, you win your, your 40 games. Maybe you get into the playoffs and uh, you get bounced right away. And uh, that's what you do. And then the next year when all those guys retire, uh, then you start over again. I don't know why you would waste a season. Like, uh, I get it. If you try and go out and get younger players, who knows if that will work. I'd rather do something that has the possibility of working rather than doing something that I know is not going to work. And besides- to me, go – yeah, going and getting Russell Westbrook, that, that does nothing for me. And I and, the, and what you're talking about, I already saw that. It's called The Lakers. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I've already right. seen that. Right. I've seen that I movie just lo- already. I love how, like, <laughs> the Lakers have to get rid of Russell Westbrook. And the first thing, you know, it's insulting enough that the first thing that the media does is point to the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks will take him. And then you have Knicks fans saying, yeah, we will take him. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's the worst. Oh, my God. That's the, the last thing the Knicks need to do is go get Russell Westbrook. There's no I mean, question about it. They've done that move before. Trust me. They really have. They've, and the list goes on and on and on. We can start oh, naming names. Lord. I don't I want to depress people on you Wednesday know, night. You, Nick fans get upset like when the media makes fun of them. Go get Russell Westbrook and watch them make fun of you. Yeah. You're and, you'll, right. and, you'll do, and you'll kind of deserve it. If you're, like, celebrating that move, you'll kind of deserve it. No question about it. Uh, Alex is in Queens. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Alex. All right, real quick. Next time somebody calls and suggests Russell Westbrook, can you guys <laughs> hang up the phone? Like, just <laughs> smash the phone on them right there because it's the worst idea I've ever heard. I've always said I don't want that guy here. I think he is atrocious. I He doesn't help teams win. It's really, really bad. 
It's just the worst idea I've ever heard. I've hated it for years now. Now, when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, I like Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a hustler. I think he's a strong player. But at the same time, I don't think he's a winner. He's a 6'1 shooting guard. There's only one guy we've seen lead a team at 6'1 and a shooting guard, and his name is Allen Iverson. He's erratic. I don't want him here. I don't want him here either. I have an idea for you guys. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Can we put a heliport on top of Madison Square Garden and give Zach Levine a helicopter so he can come in for every game and land him this offseason? How about that? Uh, that's not terrible, Alex. Thanks for the phone call. The problem is, if I'm Chicago, I'm not letting them go. I'm, not, I'm clearly not to anybody in my conference. I'm going to try to sign him. That's, that's A. B, injuries bother me, Gordon. I get a little nervous with guys who have injury history. I just do, and he's he's had he's had issues. Yeah. So those would be the two issues for me. Uh, I like his I like his talent. I know the Knicks have been interested in him. They've been talking about trying to obtain him. He's been in the rumor mill for a couple of seasons, but I just you know I, I if I'm Chicago's on their way up, Gordon, you see what they're doing, right? I'm not I'm not letting them go. I'm no. just not. I don't know if that's necessarily a match with Tibbs either uh, in terms of defense. <laughs> like Tibbs, you, you have to play defense. He does not play a, a whole lot of defense. So, uh, but look, we can dream, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, I don't want people to misconstrue. I'm not saying, hey, go get Donovan Mitchell at any cost. Uh, mm-hmm, that's right. not what I'm saying at all, because right. I completely agree with Larry. If you give up too much to get him, then you're, you're, you're right kind of back at square one. Okay, now you got one nice piece, but he's got nothing to play with. So, But if I'm going out and looking at potential deals, trying to get an idea of, of ways to improve the team overall, I'm looking at someone who's younger because I want to actually build something here mm-hmm. rather than just put something together for a year, hope it kind of works, and – the, the, the ceiling is very limited. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's go to Coop and Newberg. Coop, you're next on 98.7. Thanks for taking the call, man. Man, the disrespect for Russell Westbrook is really, really strong, man. Look, I, I'm not saying that that would be a great move for the Knicks. You know, I think the Knicks' issues extend far beyond. Let's just go and try to trade for the next star or somebody's – you know, recycled star from another place. The Knicks have been following this kind of for too long and refused to do exactly what needs to be done in order to fix the issues that they have. But as far as the Westbrook thing is concerned, you know, LeBron James, you know, if you look at LeBron and Russell Westbrook and you said, well, look at the Lakers team last year. Who was the leader of the Lakers team? Between, If you look at those two guys, which person was the leader of the team? LeBron. LeBron's the leader of every team he's on. Okay, I agree. So if LeBron couldn't take the team that was there and lead them to at least a playing game, then why should the expectation be for Westbrook to put on the cape and carry the team if LeBron couldn't do it? Because he didn't do anything to help them. <laughs> he did not. But, but, so, so Westbrook did absolutely nothing to help the team at all. They didn't make the postseason. Now, he wasn't alone, but he didn't help Again, them. He didn't step out of he didn't he didn't he didn't step he didn't he didn't you know he wasn't alone. But when you tell Absolutely. me of a guy, but when you tell me a guy, when you give me the stats of a guy who averaged a triple double, 
then Coop, you got to admit, I should expect a little bit more from that. If a guy averages a triple double, that means he's an outstanding player and has been. I don't, I don't deny that. But the thing that's different about last year for Russell Westbrook, as opposed to every other year of his career, minus the Houston year, is that this was a Westbrook who was not the primary ball handler on the team. This was a different role for him. He was in a different role. He was not that dramatically different from the year before in Washington. And the last, the caller earlier who was trying to talk to you guys about it, if you remove the emotion from the conversation, the man averaged 22 points, 11.7 assists, and 11 rebounds with guys like Bradley Beal had the best year of his career with Russell Westbrook there. They made the playoffs. When is the other time that Bradley Beal's been in the playoffs since John Wall left? Hasn't happened. Hasn't but happened. Everybody said when they left, people were saying when after that trade, the first two or three weeks of the season, wow, Washington really made out with that trade. And then what happened? They finished this? 34 and 38. They were the eighth seed. Again, Russell Westbrook. That's the goal? Bradley Bill had the best year. Okay. Of all right. I mean, you're, you're making it out like it was this raving not. success. No. The, why did, the, why did they allow Russell Westbrook to get away? It's more LeBron wanted him. Right. Well, I mean, LeBron could have wanted him all he wanted if he was such an integral part of what they were building in Washington they would have gotten significantly more for him, right? Or have not allowed them to get away in the first place. All I'm saying is let's not overrate and over-exaggerate Russell Westbrook's year with the Lakers last year because he was in a different role. That's the only thing that you it's, – it's hard for people to really look at basketball. He's 34 years old. He's making $40 million. Why would it. you want – why I would know, that be the goal of the guy you're going out and, and, and bringing into a team? That's already but kind of going Knicks, no place. I, I did not say that the Knicks should get him. All I'm saying is I would, I'm just talking about his game. His game is not that much different. I agree with uh, when you said that he's, well, he, he's not a scorer anymore. I totally agree with that. I'm a big fan of his. He's mm-hmm. a guy who scores points. He's not a scorer anymore. That doesn't mean he can't be effective if he has the ball. This man's led the league in assists just two years ago. But you here's the point, Coop. Say, well, here's the point. For this team, for this yeah, team, sense. will you agree that he is not the right player for this team at this stage of his career? That's that, that that's where I am. At this stage of his career, because Mr. Assist, who is he passing the ball to here that consistently scores on this team? Is it going to be R.J. Barrett? I mean, who, 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 who's going to be that person? Is it Julius Randle? I don't – he's not the guy you want that you're trying to build going forward. If he – now, if you were, Gordon, a team that you wanted to have your close, okay, and you want to have an experienced guy who's a score, who, who can lead and, and, and give you something off the bench or something of that nature, okay, maybe that's what you want, but for a team that you're trying to build – Going forward, Russell Westbrook is not the fit that you want for this team. He'd be better off if, if you want to know he he'd be better off in Brooklyn than he would with, with the net with the with the Knicks. <laughs> Can I interest you in Ben Simmons? <laughs> he'd be better in Brooklyn because that's a team that's got scores. That's a team where you know you bring him mm-hmm. in, 
okay, he's he's dribbling the ball, he's pushing the basketball, he's got people to throw, pass the ball to who's, who who are who are you know preeminent scorers. Get KD on, on the, the phone. Knicks. Get get KD on the phone. You don't have that on the Knicks. No, you don't. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN.